What is up, everybody? Happy, happy, happy Sunday or whatever whatever day it is that you're listening to this. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Sia Chats. We have a good one, an amazing one for you today. I want to introduce these three amazing men that I have had the opportunity to work with in the past. They actually had me guest featured on their podcast. And now it is my turn to return the favor. So if you could take a minute to introduce yourselves before we get started with the episode. And we are Selma. Selma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so let me get a brief introduction about each of you men. As you said, as a collection, as a collective, you guys are sound minds, but let me hear a little bit about yourselves individually. Kai, you want to sit up? Kai, the rap poet. I record under the name Self Suffice. One of my things I'm known for is helping people break writer's block and stage fright and um, aligning curricular programs with hip hop principles. So sometimes it might spice up a teacher's curriculum or sometimes it might just help students to learn math or history or English, whatever they're doing from a different perspective and not just think of it all in one way. And um, sometimes when the kids see it from different angles, suddenly they own it more when they can have fun with it. So that's what I do. I record, I perform, I put out music, and then I try to help people make learning fun. Because if I didn't mix hip hop in my education, I wouldn't have graduated no school. But that's dope, though, because that makes me think of like Hamilton, you know, like Hamilton has kind of done that. But history, you know, everybody wants to go see Hamilton now. And then after you see Hamilton, then you want to look up who Alexander Hamilton was and the history behind it. So I respect that because. I mean, yeah. I was I'm a I was a geek anyway. I was like a straight A honor roll student, but yep. like my daughter is like into Hamilton now. Now she knows like who Alexander Hamilton is, and she be telling me things, and I'm like, all right, wait, hold on. And you see how you said geek, right? Like I don't, I'm not gonna go too far, but I just had to ping pong off that. Like <laughs> when we was kids, nerd geek, these wasn't funny terms. It it was really like a diss, right? So right. even if you was a geek or a nerd. That was for you. Like you kept that to yourself. yourself. Hamilton, these things, hip hop lets you share it with other people that you're interested in these things. Absolutely. So I think that's much love and respect for that because I think that's something that all schools should incorporate because learning sometimes just isn't fun. So I appreciate you bringing that to the community and allowing yourself to allow our children to progress in their education. So much love for that. Thank you, sister. Definitely. Right, who we got next? So it's your man Lightskin, stands for living it through every situation known in nature. Um, for the most part, positive energy always causes elevation. That's my moniker. I always say that. Um, also known as the wordsmith with a purpose. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a spoken word artist, hip-hop artist. Always feel like there's a purpose behind everything I do. Every bar that I drop, everything that I put out needs to have um, some type of uh, reasoning behind it. Um, Youth advocate, community advocate, um, you know, on my on my spare time from the nine to five. Um, but it's what I love doing has always been what I, you know, always uh, strive my best to be the best that I can to help others. And that's one of the things that I think, um, you know, especially with my brothers, always that's the backbone behind everything we do, trying to empower others and at the same time give, give uh, voice to those who don't necessarily know how to use theirs or don't want to use it. Um, so that's what we do. So this is the sound minds, and I pass it off to my brother. P U P stands for pain united with passion, but 
Everyone mm-hmm. just calls me Pup. Um, I'm also known as King Rashaman or King Ra for short. Um, I am a singer, rapper, poet. Uh, also, uh, since we're talking about the lyricism, we can't see the shirt is backwards, but it says lyrical healer. I'm a lyrical lyrical healer. Um, And also, through the inspiration of my brother Ka, I'm also a rap poetry teacher, educator, Mm -hmm. you know, where we are, where I designed a program where we're writing raps, you know, tapping into their feelings based off of certain subjects, whether it's science, whether it's um, social studies, history, and we just dive into just many different um, subjects and but use that and uh, using hip hop, you know, utilizing hip hop, utilizing them writing bars or turning what they say into bars. Um, definitely want to shout out my brother Ka for that. And, um, and what else? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, you took it to where it wasn't before. You the first person I know that did a district wide, a whole public school district at the same time. Much love. I traveled around districts. He was hired by the whole district to do it regularly in all the schools. So shout out to you, my brother. Appreciate that. Appreciate me that. get a spot. Yeah, appreciate that. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, once again, a recording artist, also studio engineer, run my own studio, uh, video editing, podcast hosting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all, so all three of you are basically Renaissance men. And first of all, once again, thank all of you for what you're doing for the community, because I think it's also so important. It's very easy for children these days to get lost in whatever, in their community, in, you know, the outside elements. And you guys are kind of allowing them to incorporate their history into their education. And that is huge. And that is big. And I'm a huge advocate for education. I obviously, I believe life expands beyond education, but I believe we at least need a foundation of education to elevate ourselves to different aspects of life. So I thank you all for that. And as a perfect segue into today's episode. So I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about on this season of CHS. And one of the first things that I thought about was music being therapeutic. And the reason I say that is I, I will always say this. I am not a singer. I cannot hold a note. If I sing, it's in the shower and that's just my business and nobody else knows it. But other than that, I have been a dancer my entire life. So for me, music has allowed me to use my body as a, as a way of expressing myself, whether it's in happiness and anger and frustration. And I haven't done it in years. I haven't done it since college, but I am also a published poet. Um, I was published in my school. Um, uh, I think it was our yearbook and we had a, a whole publication of different artistic and creative outlets for the students. Um, so I used to write and I haven't written in a while um, on that level, but you know, I realized how important it was for me to express myself in that way because there's so many things, especially in the past two years, the world kind of went upside down and no one knew where to channel their emotions. They didn't know where to focus, how to focus, 
what to do. And I feel that music kind of got me through things like those days where I would just kind of lock myself in my room and just put on some jams and just kind of just zone out and allow my body to release that frustration and that tension. And I know you guys understand that because, you know, like you said, you're allowing people in your class club, you're allowing people to channel their emotions and their expressions through their word. You know, you're allowing them to have that outlet. And I think that's beautiful. And so how do you guys, in that sense, use music as a form of a therapeutic expression for yourselves? And then you kind of turn that to, you know, the people that you work with, the children that you work with. How do you do that? Well, I, I would ask you a question first in answering that, which is, you know, this started out as Sia Chats. And again, we very privileged to be like men on this platform. You know, this is a, a Latina, Afro-Latina sorority. We give much respect to the ladies that make us possible for all of us to be here. Um, and not just as mothers and, and wives and sisters, right? But as you're demonstrating as friends and allies. So right. um, one thing I want to ask before we talk about us is like, I noticed that with a lot of sororities, you use stepping and dancing and symbols. So that to me right there starts to show moving from dancing in motion to like showing some kind of group unity. Could mm -hmm. you just tell us real quick before we get into us, like what part, what part does that play in a sorority, that dancing and movement um, and unity and like organization discipline? So that's actually interesting because um, I've been a sister of my organization for 19 years and I was actually part of our stroll team for 12 years. Um, and I retired maybe two years after giving birth to my daughter, but we use strolling as a way to express ourselves. Our organization does not step. I used to step ironically enough when I was, I started stepping when I was nine and I founded the, uh, the step team in high school. Um, because we didn't have a step team and step was a way that I would channel my emotions. You know, I, there were a lot of things that I went through as a kid that I really didn't understand how to express. And I didn't know, you know, and I, it's funny because I was talking to somebody about this yesterday where we grew up in an era of children being seen and not heard. And it wasn't our parents' intention to shelter us or to silence us, I should say, but that was kind of what it was. So because of that, there was really no way for us to kind of express ourselves. So for me, being able to express myself in the form of stepping, you know, you're making these, these, these rhythms and these beats and you're angry and you're kind of getting that frustration out. And then I joined my sorority and they didn't step, but we strolled and we used to travel everywhere. Like I've traveled to different states just to, 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 to stroll. And for us, it was an artistic expression because it allowed us to express ourselves in different types of dance. Like I've done jazz um, strolls and hip hop and Latin and, you know, all these different rhythms that allowed us as women, one, to creatively make something together, which was the unification part of it. We sat there and we thought of the things that we could do together that would allow people to feel what we felt by using our bodies. There are no sounds. The only thing you hear is the music and our body. And that rhythm, that energy that we give, the audience feeds off of that. And that kind of makes you feel better. It's a release. Like you're like, okay, if I had some, you know, I had a bad day, I'm going to practice, I'm going to let all this out today. You know, whatever I'm feeling today is going to come out. So that's kind of what strolling was and is to 
Greek organizations, it's kind of a way to express the pride that you have for your organization, but a way of expressing energy and pride and even other things that you may be going through personally. And then with working with these women, you develop these relationships that only those women understand because you went through that struggle together. You know, you went through those things together. So I think it's just amazing how music can be so intricate and, uh, you know, in, in integral in, in a relationship that you have with someone and in creating it. So it was just like always a beautiful thing. I miss it, but these bones are kind of old, so I can't be doing it. So you, I mean, mm -hmm. so as you speaking about that, right? Um, I think it's very parallel to the answer that we probably all individually and even unified would tell you. Um, the therapeutic aspect of music itself, see music and all of its branches, dancing, singing, um, poetry for that matter, right. um, all very universal. You know what I mean? If anything, it is a language in which even if we don't speak the same language, we understand the rhythm of a beat. We understand the, the importance of uh, um the space and non-spaces within a song that can bring forth um, any type or evoke any type of feeling or emotion, right? Um, mm -hmm. But I think for the most part, the therapeutic aspect for us as hip hop artists is more so one, um, though we are here 2021, we are still trying to, in a sense, um, still trying to salvage what was um, created for us to take the, the baton from and to create a, a kind of a similar lane and still stick to the same um, origin of what the greatness of our culture is, which is hip hop. But at the same time, the therapeutic aspect of it is more so I could, you know, I could speak individually in regards to times that I was in the back of a classroom, um, stressed out, going through whatever life was, was given me. And even though I was getting 90s in, in my English class or, or uh, 80 in a math class or whatever it was, I was still writing rhymes, you know what I mean? And I still felt mm -hmm. um, the importance of being able to express myself. And at that time, um, understanding, not necessarily knowing or foreseeing what it meant for the future, but understanding for that present time, it was, it was kind of in a sense, filling the void without the, uh, a therapist. It was right. in a sense, giving that empty space a, a meaning without speaking to somebody and letting them know, hey, I'm stressed out. Hey, I'm thinking about this. Hey, life has given me these lemons. What do I do with them? So in a sense, mm -hmm. the, the lyrics that that we write and, and some of the, you know, because we take so much um, respect in our pens and our swords, I think that everything that we pen down and everything that we place down on paper or even off the mind is coming straight raw from the spirit and the soul. So that's where the therapeutic aspect of it comes. It's like I'm releasing um, and instead of taking in any type of poisons or, 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 you know, anything else that's foreign within our bodies for therapeutic reasons, we are releasing more so out to everybody else. Right, right. Yeah, you want to share. And I think that's kind of, and it's interesting that you say that because that's kind of how I even started my whole reflection and introspection blog, where it was just one day where I just felt like I needed to say something. And I said it, and then I had a bunch of people commenting, like, I needed to hear that today. You know, thank you for saying that because I felt that way. And there's a lot of times where we are going through something, but we are kind of apprehensive of sharing it with someone else because we don't know how it's going to be received, if it's going to be understood, if we're going to be judged for it. And now I think we're coming to a space and time where people are more vocal about the things that they experience because 
people now want to share their experiences to prevent other people from having those type of experiences. Or if you're going to have them, just understanding that you're not alone in that experience. You know, and I think that's the power of, you know, just being creative, whatever that is, whether it's, you know, written, whether it's, you know, sung, whether it's even a portrait, you know, because you can look at a piece of art and it can tell you a story that everybody could look at one piece of art and have their own story for it. And I think that's the beauty of it, you know, just having that ability to express yourself. So it's, you know, it's interesting that you say that because a lot of people do go the other route where they are, instead of releasing it, they're internalizing it. And then they try to use drugs or alcohol as a form to avoid those feelings, you know? So it's a beautiful thing that you're sharing that with the world because you never know how many people you can impact with your words or, you know, anything. I think it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing. I'll, I'll let Pope go. I know he's I about mean, to build I would on definitely, it. I would definitely, I would tie it into, you know, when he said that, you know, we were releasing out, you know, the fact to release out is that we had to go within, you know, it's really tapping in. And at, my name was Pup at first, right? It came from my father's nickname, right? Everyone called him Pup because we like short. Like, you know, we, we got short family, we all short. So his nickname was Pup. And then I'm like, I'm Lil Pup. But when I found myself knowing that I was going to stick to being an artist um, and I wanted to pursue being an artist, I said, I need to give my name. What does my name really mean to me? Mm-hmm. You know, and I said, what type of artist am I? And I said, I'm the type of artist that taps into his pain, his trauma. He expresses his, his emotions in a way that, you know, other, you know, men cannot express. I, 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 and I do it passionately, hard. I would passionately and hard. So I'm a, I'm a, it's like I'm uniting my pain with passion. So pain united with passion is how I came up with my, the meaning of my name, you know, mm-hmm. and the abbreviation of my name. Um, because I realized that yo, when I'm writing, listen, when I'm writing, I'm really tapping into my emotions. I'm expressing something very deep that it's not even brought up in normal conversations. Right. You know, but it takes for you to hear this verse to bring up that conversation, to even have that conversation, to even, even say that wow, I relate to that. And that's how I feel. I just never said it, you know, and I take that from, I got that from our history of hip hop and R&B of, and soul and soulful music, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 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 listening to the emotions within those songs. I empathize with it. I had my, I had my heart chakra open at a very young age and felt the emotion in the songs. And that's what taught me, for example, like DMX, rest in peace. DMX is someone who was a big influence on me. When I wrote my first poem in the seventh grade and it, and it, and it got like, my teacher framed my poem and everything. It was like the best poem. She framed it, put it up on, on, on her desk. 
And um, I don't even, I wish I could remember it, but I, I remember when I said, I'm gonna write this, I'm gonna tap in, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spit my pain out like DMX. And I then recited that poem, like with the DMX energy. Right. So it was so passionate. It was so discharged. And I, I lost, I just was in a zone. I didn't know where I was when I was spitting it. I, when I was done, I just looked at everybody and everybody was like, whoa. I was like, oh, snap. I just did something like, oh, but I felt better though. I yeah. felt like, I felt released. <laughs> released. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's also interesting that you say that because, and that's like a whole nother topic within itself. But the fact that as a man, you felt comfortable, as a male, you felt comfortable enough to even open yourself up to expressing yourself because that's a whole nother thing in itself. And I think that's something that like you use DMX and he's a great example. DMX showed every emotion, anger, sadness, praise, all in one moment. You could yes. feel all of that in one moment. And that was just amazing. Like he could have you feeling like, yeah, I'm ready to get out there. And then like, wait a minute, like I need a hug. And then wait, I need to pray. You felt all of that within like a five minute span with DMX, you know? Yes. But the fact that as a male, you felt like I, it's okay to release these, to express myself in this way. And that's something that many men don't feel comfortable with because they're taught something different, you know? So the fact that all three of you are here saying, I want to express myself. I want to release these feelings and I want to give out this energy and you're teaching young men today that that's something that can be done that's amazing because I think that's a huge impact in understanding that you can still be a man and still be expressive you know so the fact that you had that moment that epiphany in the seventh grade that's Awesome, because I know Thanks. men that are in their 40s and they still haven't gotten there. So. And it was a battle all the way up through then, you know, since then, you know, knowing yeah. that I was that type of, you know, rapper or songwriter or writer, it was, um, you know, how do I express these emotions in a way where my friends going to still listen to you? <laughs> so I still right. have to put, you know, I had to find that balance. And right. That was the journey through that, but that's another another topic. <laughs> and I, I also want to build on, for the most part, um, very important, something my brother said, relatability. I think relatability is one of the most important key ingredients to feeling something. DMX was very much felt, everybody knew his struggles, everybody knew his, his off-scene um, scene, you know what I mean, and things that he did, but nonetheless, when he spoke, he spoke from a standpoint that many can relate to um, mm -hmm. and take upon themselves to say, damn, I feel his struggle because I know I go through it. I feel his struggle because my father goes through it. I feel his. So I think it, it, which is definitely something that's very, for the most part, very introspective, right? But at the same time, it's very um, detrimental to who it is that we reach out to. You know what I mean? And like you mm -hmm. said, you know, people 40 who haven't tapped them, tapped into their own selves. And that's most what, what I'm starting to realize. And it's, it's something that we kind of did on the Sound Minds hip hop show. Um, 
You could all check out the episode, sandmineshiphop.com. See every dope episode in there. But one of the things that we kind of started to tie in uh, was the fact that most community workers, most people that give their time and their passion to the community and do art, do it from a standpoint of I'm trying to build those who are listening to me. And those mm-hmm. who haven't and those who are just doing art or, you know, their form of art, no disrespect, but a lot of times there's a, a disconnection of feeding into positiveness, where it's more so the positivity is kind of corny to them. You know what I mean? So it's more so like the therapeutic to them is, yeah, I want to dance. I want to talk about, you know, disrespecting women and calling queens out their names and doing all types of that to kind of poison, help poison or continue to poison those who are listening. So I think that is real um, important what my brother said in regards to the whole relatability and, and, and being relative to what it is that somebody who's listening to you may take from, from your track or your piece or your art. You know what I mean? Whether it be a portrait to a track, one way or another, people are relating to you and what they relate is based off of their inner demons and their spirits. Um, so right. I think that was very something, something very important that my brother mentioned. Yeah, that's definitely what separates separates us from the the main, you know. Kai, I definitely want to see see what Kai. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Like, you know, and it's funny too what you were saying just about um that it's important for us as men. You know, I'm thinking about that for us as men doing this as well as you talking about how some of your sisters when you were strolling not just in the representing, being able to walk together as women and show unity to other women in the community, but also privately when you're coming up with, you talk about how when you're creating together this language, because that's one of the things that DMX wasn't in the same room with my brother Pup, but at the same time, Pup probably had time outside of his class just to focus on DMX, right? So he's like, oh, this is a man showing emotion and this and that. Um, You meeting with your sisters, you're like, unconsciously, we are meeting as Latina, Afro-Latina women together. And we are saying these moves mean this. And I think why that's so important is because to say it without going into the whole history, you know what I mean? (laughs) When When you have historically been quieted, right? To the point where it's like you think everyone in your neighborhood, everyone in your 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 melanin tone is not supposed to talk, and then you realize, oh, it's not even about words. If we decide that when we go like this, it means something, or we go like this, or we we move our shoulders, it's a little bit more meaningful than if I'm just like, yeah, I love everybody. Or if we like, <laughs> yo, we gotta spread love. And it's like, you know what I mean? For men, if it's in a more masculine way, like peace, mm-hmm. love, like we really care about right. this, like for real. It's different than someone being like, hey, you know, we gotta have peace. And then you feel like the last time you seen them, they was like provoking fights or like doing, you know, cooking people on drugs. Doing and the opposite, and like, right. Yeah, like we've all, we've all had people that we, we looked up to that like we knew what they was doing on the side and they were saying certain things. So, Believe it or not, even though we're all lyricists, all of us, when we teach youth, and you probably encounter this too, I know you have actually, as a parent and a teacher, like one of the first lessons we tell people as an MC is not really about lyrical, miracle, spiritual, saying words around. It's about connecting with people, right? 
And it's about like, what do you look like? Like when you get someone to, when you get a crowd to raise their hands, you don't do it by telling them, everybody put your hands up. It's a they certain way it. you look and move when you say, get your hands up. Where I've had people that I love and really wanted them to have a great show, but they said, put your hands up in a way. And I was like, really I trying know. to, but my body just wouldn't do it. It didn't feel right. And then I had complete strangers be like, put your hand up. And I'm like, I'm rocking with you. So, so that's, true, that's one of the languages. Like to, to end my public state, statement, I, I think especially for Black and Latino people, when you've been told like your voice don't matter and this and that, just to see art shows us even different movements we use mm -hmm. can have meaning if we're on the same page and we see other people agreeing that it has a meaning. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that because I remember, you know, when we would have our shows and then we would teach someone else and I would always tell, you know, I do things a certain type of way. I'm not showing you to do it the way I do it. This is the way I do it. You need to do it the way your body tells you to do it. And that's what people are going to react to. Because if you try to be me, it's not going to come across the same way because they're going to be like, wait, that's not, that's not you. That's Jess. You know what I mean? So I completely understand it. It has to be organic, everything. And I've had those moments where I've been on stage and I'm doing something. And then I, I see somebody in the back jump up like, yeah. And I'm like, wait, what's going on? And you got to have this moment like, okay, I got to keep going, but I don't know what's going on. And then I see them back. They were like, yo, you killed it. And I'm like, thank you. So I understand exactly what you mean. It has to be organic. It has to come, you know, naturally. You can't force it because when you force it you lose the authenticity of it and that's that's in anything that you do in any creative expression and, and i gotta say you, you feel that God, in, um you, my bad. you feel that in songs that were written for artists or an artist sung it from another writer right they didn't mm -hmm. necessarily write it themselves Mm -hmm. it, you know what I mean? Maybe they might relate to it a little bit, but at the same time, it just, it wasn't from them. And there's some songs, yes, you, yes, they, they were just um, on a perfect match, you know, that some songwriters wrote, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Mary J. Blige didn't write all of her songs, right? Right. Or a lot of, a lot of, a lot of Usher or Neo songs, you know, Neo wrote for a lot of people and people that Listen, he wrote, he wrote for, Irreplaceable. Hey, and I felt that he wrote irreplaceable right. for Beyonce. And right. I felt he that. wrote irreplaceable. <laughs> Come on. Like, so we was all like a dude wrote that. Right. Irreplaceable. So it it just goes into the writer of where they are tapping in, but it's also that feeling. It is because it's the energy, you know, it's mm -hmm. the it's the energy that's now being transferred into words. Right. to song either whether you're singing or someone else singing it you have to feel the energy if it's not a good connected energy is going to feel fake and and we've seen that we yeah. know the difference between the wannabe you know trying to be serious songs or and then the ones that really hit here it hits here every time you hear it you want to shed a tear Every yeah. time I hear Adele singing hello, I'm like, 
There you go. There you go. It touches me. I think the other aspect of it is also the responsibility that you take upon yourself, right? And I think one of the, um, I'll tell you straight off the back, you're looking at four boxes right now, right? And I know this is going audio, but we're doing this in Zoom. So it's, it's seen in four boxes. It's four people of color who are taking the responsibility to give to those who are in need rather than to take, you know what I mean? A lot of, of what we do artistically, whether you're, you're stepping, whether you're strolling, whether you're writing rhymes, um, we have a responsibility to give those of our own. You know what I mean? We're switching the narrative. We're changing history. We right. are no longer entertainment. We are no longer those who are put out, you know, in front of um, the, the supposed masters to kill each other off for the entertainment. That has been for way too long. You know what I mean? And I think um, sticking to the topic of therapeutics, I think for the most part, there is no bigger therapy than that itself. Just being able to tell people like, hey, um, it's okay for you to focus on, you know, learning how to create your own conglomerate and your own um, entrepreneurial type of business rather than selling drugs in the street. It's okay not to feed your people poison rather than feed your people power. Um, you know, and it's, it's just, you know, so at the end of the day, I think what we're doing, especially with Sound Minds and Sia Chats and knowing who Jess Lynn is, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you were doing things before there was any um, attention or light given to you. And that's because you were empowering those who were listening to you. So when you start switching a narrative like that, it's always going to be hard to get certain um, points of views out or certain type of, of, of topics out just based off of the fact we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be seen as entertainment and nothing more. You know what right. I'm saying? So when you do start educating during your entertainment, that's when you become that much more of a threat because now you're taking people that are listening to whatever rhythm or vibe or whatever it is that you're given and they're listening to the message. So they're no longer listening to how they could, you know, move their butt cheeks and see how, you know, they could whine all day. It's now more like, damn, he just spoke about empowering a whole community to, to own their own community. How does that not get on, you know, uh, uh, major streams and major record labels? So I think we're, you know, we're starting to see a movement. Um, I think mm -hmm. um, as, as funny as it may seem, I think COVID added a lot to that. I think people are starting to understand that the need for more positivity rather than negativity. Um, and I think we're, we're in the cusp of seeing something take off um, that was not expected to take off. You know what I mean? So it's our responsibility to teach that, you know, keep that, that train going and teach those that are getting on the train to continue that movement. So thank you for what you're doing as well. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and yeah, like you said, it's, it's, dif it's difficult in the beginning when you're doing something like this, because again, it's one of those things where you don't know how it's going to be received or perceived. Because as anything that you do on social media, unfortunately, a lot of times social media is, is it's a hype scene. Let's be real, right? It's very rare when you see people that are like honest and raw. When you see people on social media, everything is just like for glitz and glam and, you know, you want to make everything fun. And guess what? I don't always have a good day. So if I'm not having a good day, I'm not going to pretend that I'm having a good day. But there's power in that because I think if we can be honest about our struggles, it defines our strength, you know? So when I speak about these things and even going back to like music in itself, a lot of times before I, I go and I have like 
I call them my rants. Everybody's like, no, you're not ranting. I'm like, listen, it was a rant. Whatever you want to call it, it was a rant. I kind of had this whole vibe before I jammed out to something, whatever, whatever my feeling was. I call my head a human jukebox because I go to sleep and I wake up with a song in my head every single morning. And before I start my day, whatever that song is, I listen to it. And then that kind of just gets like my brain going. It makes me think about what I'm going to think about for that day. And then I'm like, all right, let me share this because you never know who needs to hear it. Why, why should we be selfish? You know what I mean? Why be selfish? That's, that's crucial when we talk about, I love that you framing this in the context of music too, because one of the main things we know about all forms of music is repetition, right? Like you got sound, you got noise, you got talking, but if it's music, there's some form of repetition. At least for some part of the song, there's a certain tempo. There's usually a certain beat that repeats. Um, certain musics have a clave. Hip hop, we have like a snare on the two and the four. Um, so I love how you said about your mind being a jukebox because it's almost like you could go, you know, sometimes different radio stations are playing the same song, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, mm-hmm. if you're hearing that song on like the rock channel or the pop channel or the hip hop channel, you're getting it in a different context, you know? You know, if you you hearing about violence from Jess, you're hearing it with a certain context. I, I, a good example is like, I don't know who would know this, but like Jerry Springer is someone who does shock, right? So a lot of times his audience members would fight people and he'd encourage that. Oprah right. Winfrey's someone who you they might look under their chairs and find a present, right? So it's a completely different expectation. But Oprah will have a murderer on her show, just mm-hmm. like Jerry Springer, right? So right. it's like this idea of music and like my brother Light was saying, especially people who are aware of the power of music, you could talk about any topic, but create your jukebox or your station so that when people bring it to you, that conversation to you, it's gonna be talked about in a, in a positive direction, a nurturing right. direction. Um, and that's right. one of the things we tell the young people too, like where there's a, a, a brother yesterday, one of our students that had just gotten in a fight and stabbed like moments before, you know, we happened to bump into him and be like, don't go that way, come this way. Like, mm-hmm. let's get you some food. And he was fighting to go back and get hurt more. You know what I mean? Because he was on like my brother Puppo says the frequency, the energy, but like you say in the jukebox or the uh, radio station. Right people will actually do something that doesn't benefit them just because they're tuned in that context. And we was able to pull them away and say, bro, come this way, like, come come eat with us and chill with us. And right. then once he was in our radio station and he was like, yo, I'm sorry, this and that. It was like, wherever like you cha- are, it's He not changed negative. the station. He changed, changed the station. The, it's he a direction. You're you're getting stabbed just now and you getting in a fight with those people just now and almost getting involved with the cops and trying to beat up cops and all that. Like that's a part right now where if you go back that it's negative. But if right. you go this way and you got a child and like a baby mom you building with and like if you go this way, it's not negative. It's positive. It's where you're going with it. Absolutely. I want to piggyback off that too. I want to piggyback off that because like you positively 
right having that let's say balance in your in in your radio in your station right there's some music that you need to get you in the mood to dance right you need sure I do. Let's, let's say i need I, I don't care about the lyrics right now just turn me up like you know, I have my moments where uh, I just need to turn up, put the music on. I need Biggie. Quick. I need Biggie before I get on stage. Put Biggie. Put Biggie on. We gonna. I'm. 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 I'm gonna show you. So I'm. I'm. I get in my when I throw Biggie on. I get into like a storytelling. Now let me tell you some stories because, like, when 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 you talk about like songs like with Biggie, then it's like it puts you in the mode where it reminds you of a certain situation that happened, right? And it's like, oh, let me tell you a story about something, something, something. And then you got, then you got songs that, you know, put you in the mood to fight. You know what I'm saying? Dreams and nightmares. Meek Mill. What? Let's turn. No, I'm gonna set it off. I'm gonna I'm ride. I'm gonna ride to this song on my way to the drama. Like you feel me? Like. <laughs> you know, it's hyping you up. Hype music, you know. Um, so that just it, that's like the overall power of it, you know, giving it an overall because there is positive and negative within all of that. So, you know, <laughs> there's positive and negative within all of that. You personally have to know how to utilize that energy. Right. You know what I mean? And as a listener, you have to like, yo, no, I do. I do listen to this. I got I got my deep songs that I put on just to make me get my get my my masculine energy straight. You know what yeah. I mean? Put me in you know I mean? put me in my my where I I'm sticking to where I came from zone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I, I remember yeah. where I came from zone with yeah. when we was my rocking fatigue, walking down the <laughs> avenue type junk, you know, like I remember those teenage days, you know, that, that days. So I remember knowing that about, yeah. about, about myself, you know, that's right. about me. So Absolutely. You, you're not going to have a movie or a book or a song that's interesting or like Light was saying relatable, you know, Jess was saying relatable. Like when you teaching young people, especially relatable, relatable, like no one believes a story where it just, it woke up at the end, you know? We watch stories and movies and all this because in our unconscious, we relate. This is what I'm going through. I'm going through some kind of struggle. Mm -hmm. I do want to see, like, on my radio station, I need to see there's some conflict. But on my station, Jess comes in and, and does a rant about why that conflict exists and what we could do it. On my station, light drops knobs and be like, look, you got to do better than that. You know, Puck right. comes in and says, Look, stop trying to deny the, the power of energy and emotion and tap in. Like, it's there. If you deny right. it, that's when people, like you said, they go and do other things. But music lets you go, oh, I feel the emotion. I'm hearing the words with it. Now, when I'm tuned into this station, what do I do with that? And hopefully, mm -hmm. there's a resolution at the end of the day. Not a resolution to all the problems in the wow. world, but, like, there's a resolution to... um to this chapter, every chapter so this situation, has conflict, right. we put some resolution in a positive direction. In. Yeah, I, 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 I so like, I saw how, how you, how you, I like how you did that because that literally brings it all to a point of, like I said, what I was saying, how utilizing 
the energy that you're feeling with the song. Like, even when I say, like, I'm thinking about a Mob Deep song and it reminds me, it could remind me of something I, I was doing when I was wilding. But if I listen to that now, it's only an energy that I'm carrying using right now it's not that i'm gonna go do the same stuff that i did no. when i was back listening to it but or it's me it's understanding that energy and how to use it in a positive way thank you thank you Kyle, for that one that one you hit no, it's true. talking about transmutation i'm sorry just no 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 but it's true it's also like a, a sense of reflection you listen to a song that reminds you of something that you did in the past and you can sit there and say damn like look at my growth as a person, because if this were 10 years ago, this would have been my response. But now you can see the evolution within yourself because that music transcends you to that moment, but then brings you back to your reality. And that in itself is just like, you know, like, okay, I'm good. When you having that bad moment, you sit there and you think about that, like, damn, I'm, I'm a better person than I was because had you caught me on this day, it would have been a whole different situation, you know? So but, that in itself, but yeah. At the same time, let's let's think about the power of that, right? The diversity of that power in which there have been many of songs, I'll tell you straight off the back, MOP will do it for me all the time. You know what I mean? And, and I'm like, damn, I remember stomping out in the streets. And then a song will come on and automatically think about my mother where I start crying. Or, or a song will come on, touch me, thinking about my father, I start crying. Um, the, the amazing... Um, and it's not spoken about enough, but I think the amazing aspect of that power where, again, it evokes that emotion, which you don't even, and it's not necessarily like, damn, every time I hear the song, I'm going to cry because the song's on. You can't control that. You know what I mean? Or you can't, you know, let's just say you and an ex, when you was in, in kindergarten, had a little, you know, girlfriend or boyfriend and the song comes on, you're like, oh, snap, I remember holding hands. And you know, so the power of music within itself is deeper um, than the words. I, 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 yeah, I said, I said yeah, to my students, yeah. that's the power of hip hop. And, and right. I don't mean to just bring it into just one box, but listen, that's the power of our music. Like that, it, like that, I, I literally, every time we're making a point like this, I make a point like this to them. I say, well, that's the power of hip hop. Right, mm -hmm. right. That's the power and in hip hop. And that's the thing. So imagine like back in the day, right? We had the uh, the orators and we had those that would, would storytell, right? And that was music back then, the storytelling. It was just, yo, everybody sitting in a circle. Let me tell you about your forefathers and your ancestors and everybody. So now to have, um, so now it's just a matter of the, the transcending of now putting a beat to something that has a message behind it. You know what I'm saying? And now you are now creating an artistic form that is bigger than just words or bigger than just rhythm or bigger than just drum schemes. Um, it is now touching spirits and now touching, sometimes touching good spirits and demons where some of, you know, you, you listen to a track that you like, damn, I remember back then when I was bugging out and walling. Now I hear a song and I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm feeling a certain way. I want to smack somebody. You know what I mean? So <laughs> it's just kind of like that, that power is so amazing. And I think yeah. that, um, speaking in the terms of, of the, the therapeutic, right? It's just kind of like how interesting it is that without having a person speak to you, you can sit in a room by yourself and listen to a couple of tracks and be like, damn, I got this. You know what I mean? Whatever I'm depressed about, whatever I'm stressed out about, I got this. Or the flip side to that coin is, yo, after hearing them tracks, I'm relapsing now. Mentally, spiritually, I feel a certain way. 
now I, I feel like I want to get back into what I used to do, whether it be mm-hmm. a drug, whether it be a person, whether it be a, you know, a situation. Um, right. So I think, you know, just, just the, the, the emphasis on power when you speak about music and how it, it kind of pulls strings spiritually for us is, is, is incredible. It's amazing. It's, it's coming full circle. It's something we was talking about at the beginning too, even bringing it back to like the sororities, you know, sisters coming together, redefining the meaning because, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were saying like, sometimes you will find yourselves using different genres or like mm-hmm. using music that was already relatable to people, right? But right. now when they heard that music, they're like, oh, I feel this. But then now you're moving a certain way to it where they're going to remember how you moved on that. So yes, it's a relatable energy like Pup was saying. Now you're transmuting it with a new meaning. Um, so, oh my God. <laughs> I, I think, and I think that's yes. something where we can go not only like this whole thing about something being positive or negative, like in this moment, as opposed to like the song, the direction, the movie, the bigger thing, like, where is it going? It could always end up positive. It's like, you, you get to create where it goes from here, right? And you don't have to say, this is a bad song. This is even a bad emotion. Like, like talking about crying for your ancestors. That's like compassion, that's motivation. That makes you wanna be that type of parent where when mm-hmm. you're gone, someone will miss you. You know, like yeah. all these emotions can take on a positive part of the story. So now you listen to that thing, you're like, okay, mom gonna have me feeling this way. MOP, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, but what I'm gonna do with this energy right now is positive. <laughs> no, but it's crazy that you say that going back to strolling because in 2009 when obama was elected as president he had his infamous yes we can speech right we turned that speech into a b-boy routine and everybody went crazy it was just it was like a backbeat and it was the speech and everybody was like wait like is that obama wait and then we're sitting here doing b-boy moves and they're just like mind blown you know so it's crazy how you say that. You can take something that's completely irrelevant, but then there's such a positive meaning behind it. The first black president, we're evoking change. And then we're like, all right, but we're gonna do it to some B-boy. And everybody was like, wait, what are they doing right now? Like they were so stuck. So it's crazy that you say that because you can take anything and turn it into like a positive moment. And that's the dope part about music. Music can be anything creativity can be anything it's just how far you're willing to take it and also how it's perceived you know like light said like pub said like you said it's all about perception because there could be somebody that was just like i didn't feel it obama and they could have taken it completely the opposite way and then everybody else who was feeling the fact that we had our first black president yo that's dope like you guys just did something that we didn't expect to see so it's all about the perception, you know? So you said that, and I was just like, wait a minute, you took me back. I just went back about 12 years. <laughs> I gotta say one more thing on that too. Like that really shows the power of the repetition in music, right? Uh, having yeah. a group that you meet that, that can recall certain songs that we listen to, that created certain songs together, that created certain dances, because that's what creates the perception, right? 
-hmm. if someone's used to getting a certain thing out of life and you just drop some words on them or a song and you say, this is a good song, like you got a whole different experience, but music and, and dance and art teaches that repetition where it's like, oh, if you keep exposing this station, on this station, it's okay to say I was angry or I felt mm -hmm. like hurting somebody or hurting myself or whatever. On this station, any thought is okay because stuff like that has come up time and time again and it has led to a positive thing. But on this station, whenever something like that came up, it, was, it always got worse, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people is getting that negative station repeated and in music, whether dance sometimes just taking the words out of it. You just get them in a, a repetition of saying, whatever energy you bring in is welcome here. And then mm -hmm. we take it somewhere else. That's true. But people got to see that to perceive it. Like they're not going to have our definition because we've no. repeated this in our experience. It's the experience of it. Everyone has to kind of have that experience for themselves. And then also, I mean, for the most part, there is the, uh, the genius mind, right? Um, there are people that can take a square box triangle in a circle and, and make the most elaborate portrait, you know what I mean, with their pen or their paintbrush. Um, there are people mathematically can do a formula right in their mind without even having to touch paper or calculator. I think a lot of times with, with the real artists, with real wordsmiths, um, you kind of geniusly see similes and entendres and just regular speech so like you hit like you said with the speech or the obama speech there's times that i'll hear water dripping and i'm like damn that'll be dope behind a couple of these bars right here and so it's just kind of like understanding that when you're teaching somebody how to write and then you know you speak about essays when you can write poetry or you can write you know story and musical form the essays flow so much easier. You want to write Absolutely. more, you know what I mean? So when you're right. teaching the young and, and teaching them how to use your pen correctly, like not repeating yourself when speaking, not repeating yourself in sentences, don't start mm -hmm. sentences with certain words, um, empower yourself by limiting your speech, but not your wordplay and not necessarily your, your context of the words that you're using. So that's Absolutely. when you start creating those geniuses within our youth and our young. Um, so that's another way that we kind of lead the next generation into understanding themselves and how empowered they are by being able to um, advocate for themselves whenever they do speak. They speak on the content and context of whatever it is that they're not expected to sound like. You know what I mean? So when you see a mm -hmm. young boy with a hat to the back, there's a lot of times I'll give speeches to judges or lawyers or whatever it is. And they're like, oh, that's that dude with the hat to the back. But then when they start hearing me speak, they're like, oh, wow. He's just not a hat to the back. He's actually empowering us by while we're listening to what he's saying. He's also giving us the understanding that that whole um, judgment of character based off of image. Of the facade. Of the facade. Right. That he, right. wrong. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. You know, yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it all the time. Listen, I'm 410. Okay. I, I'm going to be 38. But I look like on a good day, I could look about 24. I could sometimes look 16 if you catch me on a really bad day. So I get it because I get that often, you know, even when I have conversations with people, you know, when some I had my first experience with someone with that whole perception, the misperception was in high school. I had a hundred GPA average in my history class. And my history teacher told me, Oh, I didn't know Puerto Ricans could be that smart. 
And I looked at her and I said, okay, no problem. And for the rest of the year, I mean, I shouldn't have done it that way, but for the rest of the, the four years that I had her, I slept in her class, but I still maintained 100, 100 GPA in her class. Because again, it was just a, a thing of you misconstrued who I am. So I'm going to show you who I am, but I'm not going to say it in words. I'm going to show it in action. You know, and sometimes that's another thing that I think about in terms of music, because I remember music getting me prepared to go to her class. I had to play this one song and it, it had no meaning to it. It was Whitney Houston's greatest love of all. Had no meaning to anything that was going on. But that song mentally prepared me to go into her class because I felt so disrespected that I wanted to just say, I'm not even going to go to her class. Yeah. But then if, I'm if you would have been doing that. it for her, you would have felt that that the greatest love for me, it's like, I'm right. here because I love me. I'm not going to let her think, you. let me fail to prove it. And that's how they get us too. A lot of times no. you're like, oh, you don't believe in me? I, right. I'm not going to show you. Like, Wait I'm a second. This is still my life story. That's, right. that's a musical thing too. Whatever comes right. into the context of the dance or the song or the poem, it's it's your story. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's your song. So whether it's negative or positive, you gotta use that and, and see where the harmonies are to it, you know? But, but that, if, if, if anything, that goes back to the, edu the entertainment part of things, right? Mm -hmm. We are only there. So when she made that comment of, I didn't know Puerto Ricans could be that smart. It's more so because of her own stupidity and ignorance that she didn't understand how powerful you could be. So now right. it goes back to, and no disrespect to Lin-Manuel, I think he's an incredible uh, um, performer, right? I will say that I would love to see more. I want to see a musical on Fred Hampton. I want to see a musical on, on Che Guevara. I want to see a musical on our own people. I'm tired right. of hearing the stories of, of those who have oppressed us for years. And even right. though it's cool, it's a dope concept, but it's right. more so, okay, cool. So I get to learn about another slave master who did that. So that's cute, but no disrespect to him. But I think that's where that whole entertainment piece, when we start teaching the history of our own, and we start teaching mm -hmm. about the Black Panthers, you know, as well as, as the, the origin of the Latin Kings, the origin of the yes. Bloods, uh, the origin of, of all those, you know, all of our the historians, lords. the young mm -hmm. lords, then we can say, wow, we're really teaching ours. So the fact that, you know, Lynn Manuel kind of opened up a, 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 a door for a lane to go through. Now, right. I think we need to open up more doors by simply saying, I got the formula, understand, but now I'm going to use it differently to teach about us, to teach about how right. empowered we are. Since we, So whenever a teacher does make a stupid comment, like, I didn't know Puerto Ricans was that stupid, then you can sit there and be like, well, damn, seems like you're in the minority because everybody else knows how, how powerful we can be. You know what right. I mean? So, Absolutely. And that's the entertainment piece. So, you know, that's where we kind of have to grow within ourselves and create for us so that we can have Absolutely. more for us to look towards and forward wow. to. I know, absolutely. <laughs> I'm just realizing that one of the things, you know, like I went to one of the nerdiest schools in Stuyvesant and was in these gifted and advanced classes and stuff like that. And one of the things I had to realize as a man, after I went through all of this, and I'm I'm privileged, I'm glad, like I was to be in the projects and be able to this, like that, that helped me out in a lot of ways. Like I'm, mm -hmm. I know that, but like, one of the things you learn, especially as Black and Latino in these places, 
is that you're smart if you come up with the best decision in the shortest time. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of like test taking where like the person who finished the test first and gets all the answers right in real life. Those are the worst. Okay, let me not make a generality. A lot of times in real life, that's the worst way to go about things. Because the best thing your mind can come up with quickly is usually shutting down everybody's perspectives. And in real life, there's a lot of right answers. So you don't just want to have the quickest, most intelligent right answer that you could leave the room and be like, ah, I got it. You want to be able to be like, I got a lot of great answers. And I bet someone else does too. I bet there's someone in this room who's not even being considered that we could build in their perspective on. That's how uh, you build success in real life. That's how add, you build a song. That? That's how you build a melody to a harmony. That's how you build a collaborative track. That's how you build a collaborative dance in real life. That's another part that art plays that. Doing a math test real quick or an English test where there's one right answer we're kind of training kids to fail at success in life in groups. Right. Just give them that. That's what I was going to say. You reminded me of, you know, because I was that, you know, public school kid that didn't like the fact that I had to give the same answer that everyone else gave, you know, like where I would explain my answers or write my answers in a different way. Mm -hmm. If my teacher would say, you're right, but but you missed yeah. this part. You need to elaborate. Uh, yes, and no, yes. and that's so true. That is, and I honestly, was that kid. I was that kid. I even went against them so much that you know how you write the letter A with the you know the, the lowercase letter A. Mm -hmm. No, I write my lowercase letter A like a capital, like, like a, a like, like a, a uppercase, a uppercase A, but a. little. Okay, yeah. and you, why? Because I, I think I saw it somewhere and I said, if they can do it, I can do I it can too. Do it. And this is the way I feel most comfortable writing my A's. I don't feel That's comfortable crazy. writing my A's like the, everybody else. No, so but it, that makes, no, but you make so much sense because I think we have been taught, like both of you hit on, the faster you get to something, the better it is. You know, so it's like you're kind of in this rat race to get something done. And that's something that I've had to learn personally because I'm working on my doctorate in finance. Um, and it's taken me a long time. I think I started in 2011, but then I had my daughter and then I've had to take break, I've had to take breaks in between. And at one point I felt like I was a failure. Like it's been almost 10 years and I haven't completed my doctorate yet. Why is this taking so long? And it took somebody telling me, you are 37 years old and you are in the final stages of your doctorate and you feel like a failure, that's a problem. And I had to sit and really think about it. Like, wait, you're right. <laughs> but it's Shout because it's ingrained in us. My name just came to mind. That's the issue was saying. <laughs> and it's just like, you sit and you think to yourself, this is how, this is what was ingrained in me. I have to do this fast because I have to get on to the next thing because everything is a rat race. You got to get there the fastest. You have to prove that you're better. And it's not about being better. It's about, let's do this together. Why can't we collaborate? I mean, I, I hated group projects because, but that's a whole different story. But 
we have to collaborate because you grow better. Let me ask you this. If the group projects wasn't in that context, I you probably wouldn't have hated them that much. Right. Right. Like, because it was always a and that's my point. We were put in a circumstance where it's like what I call um, incentivized dysfunction. We're put in a context where to actually do what you would want to do to be successful in the real world, you would actually hate on the people next to you. Like, we can't do that. Now you're fighting them for doing something that in real life you would love to have a team that works like that. Right. But it's just because you didn't think of it. Because that's what you're taught. If you didn't come up with the idea... The idea is wrong. So instead right. of saying, let's build upon that, you know, you took this kind of like we said in the beginning, you know, Pub said, Kat came up and he did this amazing thing. And now instead of where you were doing it in many districts, he centralized it into one district, you know? So instead of hating on what you did, he capitalized and made it grow into something bigger and better and that everybody is benefiting from. You know what I mean? But that's not how we're taught. That's not how our minds work. So but that, we, we were taught super a certain way because oh um, European indoctrination would teach us how to be able to build just to be able to work for somebody else. When we're taught in the systems that we're taught in, we're not taught to be leaders or taught to be those who run businesses. We're more so taught for those who are running businesses that are not like us. So mm -hmm. our systems are put in place to keep us at a limited um, um, stature so that we, so the whole testing and the SATs is kind of like, okay, how many right answers could you get within a limited amount of time? It's not necessarily about you learning because I could just remember certain words, right? Or certain things, put those down in paper. And it doesn't mean that I mastered that. It just means that I mastered the remembrance of what it is that I was taught. So regurgitation. Right is how our system has taught us to be who we are. So while we many a times will put certain type of timelines based off of um, limitations that were put on us. So once we fail, like we're 37, still working on the last of our doctorates, we're failures, it's only because we feel like, well, somebody else who was built in through money, through their family having money and putting them through school, they may not be the smartest person, they just happen to have the financial capital to get them through it. school, right? And they did it, so they did it at 27, Whereas wow. you having a, a child, being the powerful mother that you are, coming from where you come Thank from, you. doing what you're doing for the community, you are still going to get the same result. It's just going to be done better because it's not about the victory as much as it is about the journey getting there. You know what I mean? And that's the thing. We're never taught that. That's We're never root. taught you how get to... get to the root of it. Right. You, you know, get and, and to it... the root of the whole thing. That That's why a lot of our music's traditionally was outlawed, right? Like in yep. slavery, like throughout. Thank you. Like they took Thank you for taking it there. You, get, Thank you, you, for get, you it took here. it to the root. That's Thank like, you. Because when you, like, you, you won't never necessarily hear um, a self destruction 2021 blow up and sell and, and go diamond. But right. you will hear Trap Queen go diamond because it's the easiest thing to do. You're breaking down your people. So as long as you're right. negatively affecting yours, then yeah, we'll help you sell. But right. if you're empowering yours, we got to stop that right there. And that's where a lot of outlawing. And it'll be measured by that sale. It'll be like, okay, this sold, this went down, for instance, like the result, not what it was. Um, that, I mean, we talked about it in the diamond? context of, of the tests in the schools, but like question. it's really getting to the core of it, you know. Like, did it go diamond? If, if, did it go Like, think about diamond. Think about diamonds where in African minds, and they literally enslaved, split up 
split up families, took them miles mm-hmm. away, built whole railroads, had Africans digging out of their own thing, and then said that they owned them and then sell them back to us, right? So if you're the first one to answer that test and get all the questions right, that's definitely teaching you to like, you're a good candidate for saying, I finished this first, I got the right answer. And since that means you didn't consider all the answers, it meant if there is an answer that that company or that boss thinks is right and they wanna dismiss, you're a great candidate. Cause one, you already like to do that. You're already trained to be like, mm-hmm. whatever's the right answer, whatever's the first one, that's the only one, right? So they're like, cool, we got it, just do this. And two, you're almost you know, trained right. that anybody who's not doing that is a loser or a failure. So now you're fighting against people who would, if you did want to branch out from that employer or that one way to speak in, there, you're disconnected from those people. Because you're the main one saying, nah, this is the way, this is the way, like, I can't, I don't want to build with y'all, y'all, y'all ain't official, y'all ain't the brand, y'all ain't go diamond. As but that's how like, music let's is. Go, let's make our 10,000 and build that that's, 100 and build that That's what I was going to follow up smoke. with what he's saying. My bad. That's right, but that's what, what that's how music is, right? But that's how music is. Think about it. How many people come out, right? And you see them and they come out with their, first they come out with their mixing, right? So you're hearing them raw, right? Then they get signed. And then all of a sudden, the label wants them to change their image to fit the image of the company that they're signed under. So when you get that first album, you're expecting, damn, I'm gonna get, you know, part two of what's on the mixtape. And then you have like this pop scene and you're like, wait, that's not, that's not who I'm, that's not who I'm looking for. Because at that point, now you just want to be signed. So now you're signed. So now you're losing your essence in order to fit the mold. And it kind of goes, everything kind of goes into that same thing. They do the same thing in music that they do in education. They want you to fit a mold. So instead of allowing you to, you know, grow and expand and capitalize on your individuality, they want you to fit this brand that is already in existence, which is why we have this repetition of trap music right now. Because that's the only thing that's selling right now. So instead of like, you could be an artist that has like a whole idea. Okay, well, they're not going to go for that. So I'm going to make this tape and I'm going to make my trap tape. And I guarantee you, they're going to take the trap tape. Why? Because the trap tape is taking music. Just like in school. I'm going to do A, B, C, D, follow the formula. And everyone's going to think I'm brilliant because I got the A. That's it. (laughs) That's it. Can I um, add of another way uh, that you know, hip hop being the, the culture of being in the culture of hip hop help us basically break the mold. That's what we're saying. Like we don't follow, we don't just right. follow suit. We don't follow the they cold. We break the mold. And we were in songs like self-destruction, songs like you know, things that came back that you said that didn't go big. But we heard them, right? <laughs> we knew, we knew, you know, you know, public enemy was NWA. You know I mean? NWA, <laughs> all of those was they was breaking down. They was telling us the truth. Right. They was like, yo, we gotta fight for us. We gotta do for us and things of that nature. And though they 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 the imagery, the image that they painted to us as 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 the consumers look from the outside looking in was like they were doing the wrong thing. But I, or like Tupac, me, I use Tupac for uh, uh, as another example because that was another huge influence of me. Where 
his image was like he, you know, he was the bad guy. But like I listened to Dear Mama, I cried. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, when I yeah. listen to, you know, these certain songs of his, I'm feeling the emotion. Hold up, this guy is actually coming. He he taps in. Hold on now, this he's kind of like me. You know, I'm relating. Yeah. I'm relating, and he's he's just breaking the mold. That's all it is. He's not looking like your your the normal ones. So. Here's another here's here's another thing that we could bring it to us, you know. Kai, do you have a degree to be a teacher in in these schools? <laughs> <laughs> do you have a degree to be a teacher teaching subjects? I'm literally teaching a course on I don't want this to come off the wrong way. But I'm teaching a course on how to do what you do, regardless of if you have a degree. So it's almost like I'm teaching a degree on how not to need a degree. I got a degree, but I don't have a degree on what I do. I mean, what you you do, and most people don't. And it's funny that you say that because I have an episode coming up in about a month called The Pursuit of Passion. And it's discussing the fact that it's been so ingrained in us to go for higher education that we disregard and ignore the passion that we have for something else because no. we're told that we need to go and pursue higher education. And then most of us graduate with degrees and we don't even work in the don't field use. that we have the degree in. I don't have no college experience. And you know there's nothing but wrong with I that. I pursued my passion. a lot of money. <laughs> and I literally have a, I'm talking about when I'm in front of these, the, the, my kids, like the vibe, the way they connect with me, the way they listen, I don't have no trouble. You might say, look, the teacher might say, man, I've had a rough day with them. But when I come up in there, good. You're like, I'm we good. good. Yeah. I'm good. And like, it's like, man, you got a knack for this. Kai saw that, was like, yo, go keep going. He pushed me to keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, make this real. Like, go ahead, do Absolutely. this. Like, is, is this degree me like, yo, you can better. do this. Is it, you don't did, need a did you use a degree to get that skill? No. Nope. Is a degree going to enhance? Now, I will say this. You know how we talk about people getting quick answers, right? A lot of people will, will take this out of context. I'm not even going to say on purpose. It's not even like I think it's malicious. It's just so much miss, like we just talk back, you know what I'm saying? And people will hear that and be like, oh, they're against education. They're against this and that. And what we're saying is like, there's some people for who you should get 10 degrees. Like I work with these people. Like when I, how do you think I work in the colleges without a degree? I connect with people that got mad degrees that respect what I do and I respect what they do. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And they find, yo, there's a place here for teaching our students for someone who doesn't have my degrees, but can communicate some of these concepts in a different perspective. Right. Mind you, not a better perspective, not a faster perspective, a, a different perspective, perspective that includes absolutely. more people and getting to the goal. That's it. So it's like, this is, it's, it's almost like a, a pointless thing to argue because some people are just going to make it that. But I just want to say for whoever got the ears to hear, we're not against anything. What we're just saying is there's people rush to do things 
because they look at what the outcome is supposed to be. And they don't look at like, what is your next step for you and who else will support you in taking your next step? Because that's always in the long run gonna lead you to where you need to go, whether it's in school. Uh, Napoleon Hill, a lot of people know he wrote this book, um, Think and Grow Rich, right? He wrote this other book called Conversations with the Devil. It's like a must read. If anybody's into Napoleon Hill, you got to read this book. But there's this one part where like he, he sets it up as conversation with the devil. So the devil's telling him like all the things he messes up in society. And one of the things he says is like, really, you should have people who love what they do come into schools on a regular basis and work with your students. So you could teach the theory, but then you could also have people tell you like what it's like and everything. But what I do is I never let you see people loving what they do. So you miserable about the whole concept of making money in the first place. And you measure and you think it's all theory. No art, no music, no people loving what they do. You know what I mean? So right. like what you said just kind of reminded me of that. He, and he said this like a hundred years ago. So you know what but I that, um, that's what got us there. That because right. it, it, it's seeing, it's not saying that I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do now to get that perceived perception. It's like, what am I gonna grow to become? I right. became this. Right. I became now a rap poetry teacher out of being a lyricist and an artist that really actually put wanted to teach through my music, but not and so yeah, go ahead. But like, now, like, yeah, that's, right. You know what I was going to say, for the most part, one of the um, two things I learned from the Wizard of Oz. Most times those making decisions are hiding behind our curtains because they're scared to death. And the other thing in, in regards to education, we've seen that the scarecrow received a fake uh, degree to kind of, in a sense, give him the input of what it is that he already knew, who he was, mm. the intelligence he already had, was not in, in, in any way tied into having a document. Because that's, again, European doctrination that says you need to have a degree for you to do what you want to do. It's not based on passion. It's based off of who has the finances to do so. So now if you don't have the finances... You don't have a Salman's bar, a, a bell on your show? Cause I, I don't, but it seems like I need one. Right, right now. So, you know, so at the end of the day, it's kind of like broken down to, you know, it's, it's classism. If you have the finances and the financial support to be able to get into school, and if you don't, then you need financial aid, right? Financial aid or you need a loan. So which means now you're now in debt to the system that's already put in place for you now to have to pay back to get the doctrination or, or the, doc, the um, documents that say that you're worthy to get into a classroom. We know many of people, um, let's be honest, cavemen learn how to start fires. They didn't right. need documents for that. They no, they figured it out. On, man. Exactly. They man. figured it out. Exactly. But the interesting thing about it is you get a degree, because this is what I say. I graduated with my bachelor's in 2005. I graduated with my master's in 2009. When I graduated with my bachelor's, it took me seven months to find a job. Why? Because even though I had a degree, no one wanted to hire me because I didn't have experience. How am I supposed to get the experience if I just spent four years in school to get the degree that you told me I needed to get this job. Right, right. And that's how it's set up. So the system is set up where it's just more so if you have the paperwork, you have a shoe in of receiving the, uh, the decision-making 
title. Right. But if you have the experience, not the paperwork, though you have the experience to be able to cook the cake that we need, we prefer to pay those that have the document. So the document is more important than the experience and the knowledge. But once you have the experience and knowledge, it's kind of like, damn, wish you had the paperwork. You know what I mean? Right. So either way, it's kind of- The hustle yeah. is, is, is really as backwards. The hustle right. is really about, well, we don't necessarily want the person that can make changes. We prefer the person that's young, that has the document so we can pay you less based off of the fact that you don't and have work you more And work you the same. And, and work, work you the, the same. same. And exactly. work you the same. And that's the hard part about it is that people don't understand that cycle. You know, because at this point, I'm coming into a job making less than my worth because this is the only way that I can get into the system in order to elevate myself to where I already know that I should be. You know, so it's like a, it's a, it's a whole catch 22. Um, but I just looked at the time <laughs> and we went. Yes, it did. It flew. And I just have to say that this was definitely an amazing episode. Um, it was an honor and a privilege to have you three scholars, because that's what I will call you, scholars. Once again, it, the battle of the sexes with Jess. Once again, <laughs> men and women just can't get along in the Black and Latino community, as you can see, once again. <laughs> But it was a privilege and an honor to have you scholars on here because you guys are the definition of what it means to excel beyond education, beyond what an educational standard is or what they say it should be. And you are the definition of what it is to put into the community what you, what you want to get, get out of the community. So I am so grateful to have you guys here today. And I hope that we can do this again soon. We are, I, I gotta say, Jess, we are as honored, privileged, pleasured. Um, you, we can only expect nothing but greatness from you. Um, thank you. Yeah, so we, um, we only know that um, whatever has your name tied to it is only gonna be leveled up to a whole different um, plateau. So we wanna thank you for even allowing us and, and inviting us on um, as the family of Sam Mons and being able to build with you because this is how we, build the strong empires that we need for our, our own, right? So as you keep on going, so do we. As we keep going, so do you, because that's how we build collectively. Um, so we want to thank you. We want to also let you know um, kind of, of, of a treat. Um, Sound Minds will be dropping a single very soon, so we letting that out. So we just, you know, Ooh. tightening up the year. So it, it, it will be called No Need, and there will be a cipher cut. Um, but we wanted to put that out there on your platform because of Absolutely. how special you are to us. So we thank you for that. No, thank you so much, guys. And I cannot wait for this episode to drop. It is dropping soon and everybody is going to love it. And again, thank you and stay tuned for the next episode. Peace, love, and positive blessings, everyone. Peace. Peace.